Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Welcome, everybody, to another brand new episode of The Geek Buddy. <laughs> hey! Look at that. You did good. You did good. <laughs> Great stuff, Michael. Yeah. Well, as you know, uh, uh, we are back this week to have some more to talk to you about some more news from the world of entertainment, all the stuff that's popping off there. We're talking a little Wonder Woman, Wonder Girl, a little Transformers conversation, a little Tom and Jerry action, and of course, that new black and white Justice League Zack Snyder trailer that's apparently got a lot of pundits uh, in a snit and other pundits pushing back. So we're going to talk about all that here on the show. I am one of your hosts, the outlaw, John Roca. I am one of your hosts, uh, Michael Vogel. And I'm a guest, Mike Kalinowski. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, Shannon McClung, you see him down there in the uh, in the graphics right there. He could not make the show today, but he is with us in spirit. So we left his graphic up there to let him know he's riding and dying with us today as well. And we... face. He's kind of like, what's he doing? He's like, that's actually a good that's, face. That's a, that's that's a, a pretty good, good Shannon, Shannon, actually. <laughs> you have to make that face, and then when me and John get in any kind of like argument that starts to get a little dicey, you have to go, well, I've got nothing to say right now. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or if you don't like something one of us says, you just go... You do that little thing uh, that he does with his head. So there it is. There it is. There. <laughs> oh, I see that all the time. <laughs> Is a champ. Oh, 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 already. Alarm's going off. Wow. Alarm's going wow. Make fun, make, make fun of McClung. Make fun of McClung when he's not here and he calls <laughs> the cops. Pretty sensitive guy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're going to get into all that. For those of you who are, oh, well, let's wait till that goes by. We'll just, yeah, uh, for no, those of you who are uh, returning back to the Geek Buddies to watch us or to listen to us, thank you very much. For those of you who are new, thanks for taking a chance on us. The way the show works is that each of us ca- tackles a Geek Buddy news item uh, from the week. We all talk about it. Then we take a little bit of a mini break and jump into our main topic. And today, on the heels of Stephen Capel being announced as director of the new Transformers franchise, 
Uh, we are going to talk about how what they can do next, what Paramount can do next to resuscitate, <laughs> revitalize, or save the Transformers franchise. Uh, Stretching. Chilling. Get ready. Get ready for it. Woo! This is going to be a battle like uh, like we've never seen before, maybe since the Cybertron battle. It'll be it'll be happening in the second part of the show. But uh, let's jump into the first part of the show. And thank you to Mike Kalinowski for taking the time to stop in and, and, and be our guest on the show. Thanks, Mike. Anytime, boys. Anytime. You're one uh, of our favorite geek buddies. Hey, I'd hope so. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> After all these years. Jesus, I better be. Oh, Jesus, it better be. It's like... So much happening. All right, let's jump into the first uh, story here. And this one is coming from uh, a deadline. We're getting this. The, the CW uh, is developing a drama series based on the DC character Wonder Girl. It was created and it's created by Joelle Jones. It hails from the Queen of the South executive producer and co-showrunner Daylon Rodriguez and Berlanti Productions. Uh, we have a bit of a connection there. Uh, uh, the uh, Wonder Girl is a Latina dreamer who was born of an Amazon warrior and a Brazilian river god. Those are good genes. Uh, she learns that she is Wonder Girl and with her newfound power must fight the evil forces that would seek to destroy the world. This is notable because she is being uh, marketed as the first Latina superhero title character of a DC series. Uh, Dalen Rodriguez, who is the showrunner, is the daughter of Cuban immigrants. Uh, and as we said, she's executive producing with Berlanti Productions, Greg Berlanti, Sarah Schechter, and David Madden. That's a hell of a team to come together for this. They're telling the backstory of Yara Floor. That is her actual name, Wonder Girl's actual name. Uh, and she was recently revealed as the new Wonder Woman. So this is interesting as well. And she'll be making her comic book appearance this January in a comic book called Future State Wonder woman now i want to clarify something for people who might be jumping a little too quickly here she is latina but she is of brazilian heritage so is the division here between latina and hispanic hispanic implying any of the latin south american country or any latin american country that has uh, spanish as its main language or was uh, colonized by the spaniards whereas brazil portuguese is the main language colonized by portugal explorers there so just a separation there so not hispanic but latina for sure uh, so, uh, gentlemen, what are your first reactions to this? Do you like this idea? Do you like this character? And are you excited to see the CW going in this direction uh, and expanding the diversity of uh, the shows they have offered there on the CW? Mike? I'll let, I'll let, I'll let Mr. Kalinowski as oh, our please. guest host start. Oh. All right. Uh, it's very interesting because, as you mentioned, this is coming off of the future uh, slate, the, the, the comics that are taking over January and February at DC. Mm. All these new characters being jump forward in the future, Batman, Superman, everyone's being re-envisioned. Re -envisioned. Uh, so, you know, hey, this is this is ballsy. They're taking a character that audiences have not even been exposed to yet. But mm -hmm. on the other hand, it frees up that it doesn't need to be Wonder Woman with Gal right. in the movies. So it's like, it's 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 a smart play. These these future, uh, what was it called? Future, future, not future, future slate. slate, future. Future state. Future, uh, future state. state. future state. Future state. Future state. Future state. Yeah, um, they're taking. Yeah, DC's kind of taking a pause. Yeah, DC's taking a pause for like January, February, or, or so, and right. like kind of like launching this whole it mega event where. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's a great play. It's a, it's a great. It, it, you know, DC's really really good for diversity in their all their uh, films and in their TV shows. This gives us a Wonder Woman on the small screen, but mm. not messing with Gal and what's going on with the the film. So I think it's it's a. You know, I can't say anything about the character. I haven't read anything about her. You know, I know yeah. all these characters. I know Bruce Wayne is a future version, but then there's also someone that's saying it might be Luke Fox in the bat suit as Batman. 
but we don't know anything. I'm excited for that. DC used to do these all the time where they would take a couple months hiatus and just throw out a new kind of different, you know, thing on DC for their films. And usually it was a month or so, but this is going to be interesting. So, you know, Hey, let's go for it. Yeah. Mike. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be interesting to see, uh, to, to Kalinowski's point, DC, Marvel, like all the big ones, like they'll occasionally do these big mega events where they sort of reimagine all of the characters. So it's future versions or, you know, a different world in the multiverse or something. And sometimes that's something where you see a character for a couple months and it's where oftentimes you get, uh, you know, different ethnicities, Mm -hmm. uh, different representation for a couple months in a character. And then you kind of go back to the characters we know. You go back to Diana and Bruce and Clark and the status quo. Uh, I think what's interesting about this choice with Berlanti is it does seem like hopefully, or at least they are hoping that some of these characters are going to be popular enough that they have staying power. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, obviously the biggest example of this that we are all currently uh, living in the excitement of is Miles Morales. Right. Uh, you know, Miles Morales was a creation in the alternate, ultimate universe of Marvel that became so beloved and so popular that in one of Marvel's mega events, they moved him right into the regular Marvel universe. And now he is just a part of Marvel. Right. Um, so maybe they're hoping with these characters, you know, whatever, either with what the arc of DC Future State is or with uh, just hoping these characters gain some kind of popularity, that mm-hmm. that will stick. I mean, I think in the DC sense, another example is I think it was in one of these types of alternative stories where Alan Scott, the original mm-hmm. Green Lantern, uh, was portrayed as a gay man. Mm-hmm. And that was something that has kind of stuck as well that I think most people now assume or think of Alan Scott as gay. So, like, I do think these kind of big arcs, these big kind of multi-universe things in the comics where they sort of reinvent everybody, sometimes I think people can feel a little bit shafted. It's like you gave me a Latina Wonder Girl for or a, a Latina Wonder Woman for two months and then we yeah. went back to the white people. But I think that because CW is doing this, because Berlanti is doing it, they're hoping and going to try and really make Wonder Girl, this Latina version of her, mm-hmm. uh, a new thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think, and I think like in, in what the artwork that's been revealed, uh, I, I got, I was lucky enough to see a couple other like things on the side from, uh, from some people that, uh, showed me some Wonder Girl art. It all looks super mm. cool. I think the idea of her being partially Amazonian and partially from some Brazilian river god, like mixing, uh, the sort of pantheons of gods and mythologies is a super good idea. Kind of to yeah. Kalinowski's point, I don't really have a sense of who she is yet because nobody does. We're going to find out. Right. Um, but I think all all across the board, it's really exciting. And I think also with CW shows, I, I feel like we're about to get sort of Arrowverse 2.0. We've had some things end. We've had yeah. some big uh, earth-shattering multi-show events. And yeah. it feels like with this Wonder Girl with the way that they are sort of revamping Batwoman uh, and with this new Superman and Lois show that's coming along, I feel like we're about to dive into a whole new era of DC on television, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, the future state is an interesting uh, uh, concept to go down. If you look at it from, like, if you look at it from the outside, right, this idea that they're going to shake things up and the fabric of the universe gets all to, all messed about and we've got an alternate timeline with these people playing these parts and sliding into these roles and it's a great way to introduce more color and more diversity into this world of dc uh and i you know i'm one of these people that doesn't like to have uh you know a latino step in does a mantle that's already been established by a white character would like us to have our own things and there are 
Latina superheroes and Latino superheroes, Latinx superheroes, you would say, uh, throughout both DC and Marvel, just that haven't been at the forefront. That right. being said, this is great. This is a nice next step for the CW. I hope now, even, even if they walk away from it on the DC side of things in the comic books, if this is just a temporary thing and they walk away from it, at least this is established as a series that a lot of things can happen. And, and we've seen, like, you know, uh, a Ghost Rider was Latino and Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield actually had a number of Latino uh, superheroes throughout their run. So that's a positive there. We've had a couple of them as side characters in the CW or, or, or you know, or part of the ensemble in the CW as well. Uh, we've seen Latinos and Latinas play superheroes uh, throughout, uh, you know, or, or supervillains in Oscar Isaac's case with Apocalypse or um, uh, Zoe Zaldana as uh, Gamora. So we've seen it. But now getting something like this is a nice tent pole in the ground. And remember, we have America Chavez coming in Doctor Strange as well. And we've got more Latin superheroes being touted to come down the pike. This rumor is about White Tiger. Um, and yeah, go ahead, Mike. What were we going to say? Well, I was uh, to what you're saying, I think that what I do also like about this character is, to your point, there have been times that a Latino uh, character or a Latina character has stepped into the mantle of an yeah. existing hero where the fact that they were Latino or Latina is... Is, is, is a plus. It's great to have that representation, but right. because they're stepping into somebody else's mantle, it doesn't really, culturally, right. Uh, right. it doesn't help expand the our worldview of what a hero can be. And what mm -hmm. I do like about this version of Wonder Girl, thus far at least, is because her origin is actually tied to there's a Brazilian river right. god, right. it actually does open up culturally. She's not just an Amazonian who happens to be Latina. Right. Her origin itself is tied to her culture, which I think, to your point, John, actually mm. makes her more interesting because even though yeah. she is technically stepping into someone else's mantle, she's stepping into it in a very culturally specific way that's going mm. to open up the world of gods and all of that stuff that hopefully can pave the way uh, in success for her and in success for the series yeah. to introduce some original characters who are Latino and Latina that represent these gods or these characters and everything else. So I think it's a smart right. way to do it. Yeah. Mike, does this give you any hesitation on your side of things, Kalinowski? Does it give you any hesitation on your side of things like, okay, are they going to handle this correctly? Are they equipped at this point to do this correctly here? Uh, and are, do you think they'll mirror? Do you think they'll use the comics as the source material? Or do you think they'll go into separate directions? It's tough. It's tough. I, I, for me, it's kind of like with Berlanti, the trust is there. He, you mm. know, he hasn't steered us wrong with what he's been given. He knows that he knows the universe. Yeah. But I'm mm. glad you guys said it because, again, uh, I'm just, you know, white dude. So for me to say something, but I, it does upset me and bothers me when I see a, a person of color forced into a mantle that is a white character instead of going, no, right. make the new character, create new. Don't just make us, hey, you're the black Batman. You're right. the Latin Green Lantern. Create new characters. Uh, I, I think that and I think creators want to do that, too. I think they're mandated higher by editorial. Whatever's like, no, no, no. You got a shoehorn in the story to make him get the bat suit and he's going to be Batman. And they're like, I want to write my own character because like Miles Morales. Uh, Mike, you've been a, a fan of his from the beginning, and that's someone mm. I had to warm up to him because Peter Parker was my Spider-Man forever. Mm. You know, but yeah. now I'm well, playing the Miles Morales game, and I, I like, and between that and Into the Spider Verse, like that's a movie that is so grown on me. Is Into yeah. the Spider Verse? I liked it when it first came out. I thought it was a little overhyped, uh, but I watch that all the time now, and it's really grown on me as, as a great film. And I've well, grown to love Miles Morales as I'm able to put Peter Parker aside. And now enjoy him for who he is. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think they've done a really good job with Miles of it doesn't feel like, like it, it, 
he's even though in his original incarnation he did literally replace Peter Parker, right. Uh, right. it was such a well told story. And now it's sort of you can you can have your cake and eat it too with him. Like you get you like yeah. in fact even in the Spider Verse game, which I haven't played yet, but I'm excited to. Like it kind of follows along with what Into the Spider Verse is about, which is you have a, a slightly older Peter sort of mentoring a younger Miles, and it's become yeah. a part of the Spider Man mythology. So I think that taking these characters, I like I actually agree uh, with Kalinowski that. Kind of what? taking us, taking someone, yeah. For it, it rarely happens, so everybody like make a note. But um, but uh, that the idea of just taking a character of a different ethnicity and just shoving them in someone's costume because editorial is like this is the name that sells. Let's do yeah. it. Uh, yeah. can backfire in a thousand ways. I mean, it can be very like well-meaning sometimes, but just be sure. it feels it feels crappy. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel authentic. Right. Miles, they let him grow. He's really grown into his own hero. I think everybody's yeah. really embraced him, and hopefully, this will follow the same with Wonder Girl. That 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 because uh, they're giving us a slightly different origin story, a different angle on her. Mm-hmm. It's like she can exist in this world along with Diana of Themyscira, right. and we can just keep building out this universe. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and I trust and I trust that uh, Dylan Rodriguez will handle this correctly. I mean, she's done a really good job carving out, um, you know, a couple of seasons of Queen of the South over there on USA. Very tough uh, subject material to tackle. You know, she's the she's the female uh, drug lord and what that's all about, you know, with Alice Braga, who is in, of course, New Mutants as the uh, as the uh, I think she's the head psychiatrist or whatever, the mental ward. So she's proved that she can, you know, drive a Latino or Hispanic or I'm sorry, not Hispanic, but Latino driven story for a couple of seasons on a network and make it work and drive and, and, and attract enough viewers to keep people coming back to see yep. it and get it renewed. So that's a positive uh, overall. And like you say about Miles Morales, Kamala Khan as well as Ms. Marvel, and that is yeah. Marvel, obviously, but Kamala Khan has been allowed to be her own thing with her own culture and her own right. thing. So hopefully that is the blueprint, and I feel like it will be that they go down here with this and it, exploring more of the Brazilian stuff as well, South American stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, it's really funny. I honestly... I was thinking of Kamala Khan, and I didn't even use her as an example because in my mind, she's actually completely her own hero. Although right. you're 100% correct, that yeah. is a pre-existing name. But I think to the fact that I didn't even think about the original Miss Marvel, yeah. right. that shows how good Marvel has been mm-hmm. at really grounding her in her own story to the point yeah. where it doesn't feel like the white Miss Marvel in a different outfit. Kamala right. Khan is a, her yeah. own thing completely, and she really has embraced that. So 100% accurate on that, too. Yep, yep, yep. I feel that way, too. All right, let's move on. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's going to be a bit before we see this thing. Certainly, the combo comes out in January. And as uh, Mike and Mike both pointed out, this thing is going to be massive. Uh, there's going to be Batman stuff involved with this. Catwoman, Harley Quinn, Nightwing, Robin Eternal. There's going to be Superman, Immortal Wonder Woman, House of L. There's all kinds of stuff going. Justice League, Suicide Squad, Flash, uh, Teen Titans, Shazam, Swamp yeah. Thing, Aquaman. These are this is going to be a massive explosion. So it's you know, yeah. of course, it's a combo company. It's a great way to get your money all over again. But hopefully, it's, it's and, so funny. You know, they, originally, before they had these big layoffs and stuff, and before, uh, oh right, yeah. Who, who was the guy that was the big head that was laid off over at DC? Not, is was it, it Didio? Didio? No, he was, was Marvel. Maybe okay. him. Who was it? Vogel, the, the big guy that got laid off this summer, not Bendis. Oh, I, um, um, uh, I know, I can't remember. I can't editor, remember. He up. Yeah, anyway, uh, they were going to do what was called uh, 5G, generate five generations. It was Bob Harris, whole kind of Bob Harris, is that right? Bob uh, Harris? No, he was the he was okay. the higher up. He was a bigger guy, but okay. it was this big, massive, like 
Jor-El. The generation of, <laughs> Did they fire Jor-El? Jor-El? No, Jor-El. No, he's been dead for a little while, buddy. Uh, it was this called Five Generation. And okay. it was going to be this whole reimagining of the history and bringing it all together. And it was his brainchild. And so when he left, it was kind of like, oh, I guess we're not doing that anymore. And it was about like with Doomsday Clock and bringing in Justice Society. And there were all these generations of heroes together. And they're kind of like, well, we're not doing that anymore. So now we got a big hole in the schedule. What can yeah. we fill it with? So that was kind of a thing happening all summer. But yeah, hey, well, I mean, I love these events that DC does. It's kind of old school DC. Like yeah, back when they yeah. did like, what was it? Joker War? Not Joker War. Um, where Joker took over every book. Mike. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, well, I like it. I mean, well, I've, here. well, I've, uh, <laughs> I've fallen behind. I've fallen behind on my comics reading. So actually in looking at this, I was kind of like, oh, this is actually a good opportunity. Sort of like do a little bit of catch up and then jump on here. So I think yeah, that's yeah. what I'm going to do. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. Look out for those yeah. folders getting full again every month. Uh, all right, let's move on yeah. to our next thing. I think uh, who ta- who's tackling this one, Mike? I believe this is me. Yeah. Um, and speaking of representation, um, we have another movie trailer that just dropped this week. And, you know, there's not enough cat and mouse representation in cinema. <laughs> so it's very exciting. Uh, the trailer for the animated live action hybrid Tom and Jerry the movie from Warner Brothers dropped. Uh, and has caused a lot of conversation, not, uh, well, here's the synopsis. Uh, one of the most beloved rivalries in history is reignited when Jerry moves into New York City's finest hotel on the eve of the wedding of the century, forcing the event's desperate planner, Chloe Grace Moritz, to hire Tom to get rid of him. The ensuing cat and mouse battle threatens to destroy her career, the wedding, and possibly the hotel itself, but soon an even bigger problem arises, a diabolically ambitious staffer conspiring against all three of them. Mm. Um, so obviously with a movie like this, plot not the most essential part, um, <laughs> But what is really cool is the way that they've done the effects. A lot of people are comparing it uh, to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It definitely has that kind of vibe. um, Because they're going out of their way to not try and make Tom and Jerry look CG real. Like, you know, like we've seen a lot of versions of like the live action Chipmunks movie or even the Sonic movie where you're taking a character and you're putting them in the real world, but you're texturing them. You're giving them actual hair. You're kind of trying to make them feel like they are real. This is not what they are doing with Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry are A, straight up animated in a real world. And more importantly, what I think is kind of interesting is cartoon logic still applies. So Mm -hmm. that even though we are in a grounded human world with human actors, uh, living in a, this giant hotel, uh, you know, you have the moment where like Jerry has his little mouse hole and Tom is running at him and Jerry just pulls the mouse hole to the side like you do in a cartoon <laughs> and Tom hits the wall. And so that's what makes it more of that who framed Roger Rabbit vein. And so some people are kind of put off by that. Some people have been like, this looks weird. I'm not into it. But a lot of people are saying it's kind of exciting to see them actually get back to their roots. You know, a few years back, Warner Brothers released a Tom and Jerry animated film where Tom and Jerry were talking. It was fully animated. It was really creepy. You know what you don't want to see? Tom and Jerry talk. (laughs) So it's nice to see them sort of getting back to form here and letting us have a movie where Tom and Jerry do what Tom and Jerry are supposed to do, which is not talk, but just chase each other and Tom gets the shit kicked out of him. And that seems to be what's happening here. So definitely more of a family-friendly movie, uh, not going to be the cutting edge, uh, edge of your seat, edgy Tom and Jerry uh, but it's going to be, it looks cute. It looks fun. It looks cartoony. What do you guys yeah. think? Kalinowski, do you want to take that? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say this. Not my wheelhouse. No, I'm not yeah. the audience for this film, probably. Okay. Um, All right. 
you know, are they going to have the, the, the lady who we just see her stockings and she's always up on the chair? Are we going to have that in there? Because if that's in there, I'm on board. I don't know. That's, that's all that's I know. That's what you want? Like, Thomas? You just want – Thomas? You just want to – you want a tall lady in stockings. Well, there that's are. What, you know, that's what you're looking for. There are some like she's always like, leg Thomas? shots. Yeah, the leg shot. Thomas. She's always chasing with the broom. I don't know if that's you know that might have been a thing for a different time. Uh. You know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Will she be live action? That can be real because it's going to be dicey. That's dicey. Yeah. You know? Well, nice. That's not, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't like know. Tom and Jerry. Okay. All right. Yeah, I like the trailer. I thought it was cute. I mean, I, I yeah. I'm not going. I wouldn't go into this expecting too much. Uh, good cast. Rob Delaney, very funny on Deadpool too. Obviously, Chloe Grace Moretz, uh, Michael yeah. Pena. Nice to see them all get involved in this. Certainly yep. looked like they spent some money on this one. And the combo of live action with cartoon or animated, rather, it's always uh, dangerous. It's always dicey, and it always can get yeah. people in and out. Remember that Jenna Elfman, uh, Brendan Fraser one with Looney Tunes that was like, Ooh. oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but people love Space Jam, so and like Roger Rabbit. So if you, I think the they number do. one thing at the at the bottom of this is. Is it a good story? And is it a fun story? Will it distract you? Will you enjoy it? Will you have fun? That's all that matters. The combo of the two only works if you have a good story. But I'm a little concerned. Although uh, Costello, the guys, was it Keith Costello or Kevin Costello? He did uh, Brigsby Bear, which a lot of people enjoyed uh, as a quiet, as like a kind of one of these smaller films that has a niche audience that enjoys it. And it's an unusually written film. But the director of this is Tim Story, who I think most of us oh. saw doing the uh, ride along films and doing that te- those terrible fantastic four films in my opinion yeah. i mean uh, so, i mean no, in in, in, in the big scheme of things people. in the big scheme of things they are now the less horrible fantastic four films <laughs> so at least they've got that going for them like and like, oh, not bad not bad like i went back uh the, the original fantastic four i think my brother turned it on because it's on disney plus now and he had it on and i watched it i mean and it's still horrible yeah. but having watched the other one, I'm now like, well, at least this one's charming. I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, you're you guys are 100 right. Look, here's what I'll say. When as as someone who a is the animation nerd of the group uh, the most, and b like kind of works in that family entertainment thing. When you see a trailer like this, like I, I think that there's always the fear because I think 90 percent of them, the story is kind of cheesy and dumb, and it doesn't real. The story is like usually not the strongest. I'll say right. like for right. most of these. I mean. I think at the top of the bar, when you have these animation live-action hybrids, you've got your Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is a classic, is amazing, has a great story, has a great script, was a cinematic achievement. It's just the top of the game. And then you have, like, there's a giant drop when you get to the rest. I think when you get this first trailer, here's the things that I like about it. They clearly spent money on it. Yes. Uh, The blend of animation and live-action seems well done. Uh, It looks like they, they, they worked hard to have a specific viewpoint, the fact that they're clearly making them animated, like it has a clear viewpoint. And like I said, the fact that Tom and Jerry aren't talking, we're, we're, he, they designed right. a movie that is what Tom and Jerry is supposed to be. Like Tom and Jerry is famous because right. they chase each other. There's cartoony hijinks. So right. they've created a movie that allows them to do Tom all those foolery. things. So there's Tom Foolery. There's Tom Foolery, there's Tom foolery yes. and shenanigans. So like yes, from, a, from a... From a um, from an animation like fan standpoint, and also yeah. from like that sort of executive minded standpoint, it's like you've already crossed a few hurdles that most of these movies don't get past. Like right. the characters are doing what they're supposed to do. You spent money. It looks decent visually. Yeah. Now, to Johnny's point, it really is kind of all up to the story. I would say probably the story will be fine. Mm-hmm. It looks like the story will be oh. fine. Um, yeah, but hopefully it'll be fun. 
Did I break up? No, no, it's me. It's me. You guys keep going. No. Keep going. That's a good good oh, look, look for you there, Johnny. Good, Mike, good luck you. on your I'm face. Switch the mic. I'm going to switch the mic. I Cam, probably won't see this film. Uh, okay. It's just not my wheelhouse. I'm a thing. Um, but hey, that's movies probably not made for me. Uh, but then again, I wasn't a big Tom and Jerry fan as a kid. So no, oh, that's a shame. Like you do, an, you do an Animaniacs film like this or uh, Peaky in the Brain. I'm there. I'll gotcha, be there. Gotcha. So you're gonna watch uh, Animaniacs this Friday on Hulu then? Sure. I'm more of a Pinky well, and the Brain guy than I was Animaniacs. Well, Pinky and the Brain are Pinky and the Brain are on the show too. Do you not watch trailers that aren't <laughs> Justice League Zack Snyder? Like, whoa, do you whoa. watch the other things that are I out here in the world? It's not DC. Nothing that's not DC. I oh my god! What it is. I can't. He's, made, he's made it clear. Only DC. At least he uh, said it. At least he. Apparently, said it. apparently, I'm going to agree with you once in this episode, and that's it. <laughs> nah. Nah. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Well, let's see what we'll see what happens. It comes out soon. But I mean, Tim's story. If it wasn't Kevin Hart, I don't know what Tim's story would do. Three, I think, three <laughs> out of out of his next four movies are with either Kevin Hart or Ice Cube, uh, and okay. uh, it's mind blowing. Yeah. The Monopoly movie, Kevin Hart, right along three. Obviously, Kevin Hart and Ice Cube. My Own Worst Enemy, Kevin Hart. And then Humbug, which is apparently a Scrooge one. Ice Cube is playing Scrooge. So interesting oh. <laughs> situations. Okay, but, all right. Hey, I'm all for new interpretations, especially starring people of color. So why not? Let's have some fun. Um, and Let's we'll see. It. All right. Uh, and uh, what's our next thing we got to get into here? While I fix the camera. Go ahead. That's my Kevin turn, isn't it? Yeah, it oh, is your boy. turn. Guess we're, talk we're talking they had a drop. Well, first of all, I didn't realize this. The DC fandom trailer for Zack Snyder's Justice League was taken yep. offline. A lot of people yep. were saying, uh-oh, problems, problems. And they said, let's pump the brakes. No, it was a rights issue with the music. We only had it for right. a certain amount of time. So we had to get the re-renegotiate re re the rights because it's back up. Uh, you know, and I'd heard there was room. They were talking about this trailer dropping. And it dropped with a little bit of new footage added in it. Yeah. And um, black and white. And the inter yes. internet is in an uproar over this. <laughs> it's in an uproar. I found out now anytime something Zack Snyder comes out, there's going to be half the people are going to destroy him and did yeah. take everything away from it. And I have tweeted out every single day that he drops something. I was like, this movie's not for you. It's for the fans of his stuff. Don't like, you don't like it, you know, because you know, these people that are bashing it are going to be like, when it drops, like, hey guys, for my patron supporters for $5 or more, you get my review. And for $10 on the patron, you can do a watch along with me. So support me. I'm going to bash Zack Snyder all I want, but please support me because I'm going to use this film to support myself. Like, it, it they sound drives just me like up that. a it's true. mother it's funny. wall. That's the same it voice. That's the same. A mother wall. That's the same voice that I use for the Zack Snyder fans. It's funny. We do. We both do the does. same it's, thing. It, it, Stop no, it. <laughs> uh, no, let me say this. So, Roka, you're a fan. You love the black and I white am. stuff, my friend. I do. And I don't care for it. Okay. I don't care for it. People yeah. are like, it's not bad Max Fury Road. It doesn't deserve black and white. And I'm like, right. I don't care why he's doing it black and white. I'm a Snyder fan and I didn't like it. I don't want to see it yeah. black and white. Okay. Um, I don't get the little I, black and white. It's kind of like headshots. We did those. They look great. We went to color. We're never going right. back to black and white. But well, it's, that's me. Okay. I, I think it's a way of just trying to make it more epic. And I think actually the <laughs> song worked better under the black that and white version than it did under the color ver uh, the color version. Um, but yeah. I did see people like I saw some of the pundits in our space Holy losing Christ. their minds. The same oh ones that'll God. turn around and the same ones that'll turn around and tweet and go. 
there are more important things to worry about people than blah, blah, blah. Then they'll scream about the Zack Snyder going, who do you think you are, such Citizen Kane? You know, I don't want to call out a like The people that said that or retweeted that or, or whatever, I'm just like, guys, it's just he's a director releasing a, a trailer for a movie he's got coming out. So he put in black and white. What's the big fucking deal? Like, I just don't understand why Zack Snyder elicits this kind of reaction from people. Oh, and then they turn around and cry oh. about the Zack Snyder fans coming after them. Yes, because you poked the bear. You go to them and you knew exactly what the fuck you were doing. So stop playing victim and stop playing innocent. And Once you I talk shit about because- Snyder and Justice League, they come after you. You know that. And you being condescending or dismissive of these people, and, I think, is a mistake. And Roku, you and I are two different sides on this. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. both love Snyder, but you, you know, you love Man of Steel. You didn't like BBS, so it's not like you're a hundred percent like I am. We're just like people are all like, uh, you know, shouldn't we be able to critique a movie? It's like you're not critiquing a movie; you're critiquing a director, and you're right. critiquing his the way that this guy he didn't champion this film to get made. He wasn't out there saying, well, "Let me make my movie DC." No, well. No. This film was done. He was out of it. The fans did this. That's they raised fair. the, he was the out of it. board. Uh, they raised the Okay, wait. Wait. Hold on. <laughs> no, Hold on. Look, he you you can't say that when someone over the past several years has been dropping tidbits about what would have been in his cut on his Twitter that he's out of it. Like I'm not and by the way, I'm not mad at him for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but. He, it's cool. Like he had a thing he wanted to do. He didn't get creative. to do it. Like, yeah. uh, but you can't be like he just he washed his hands of it when he's been feeding the Snyder Cut beast. Now, Mike, for hero. Yeah. What if you were in a relationship? What if you were in a relationship and that broke yeah. up? And then someone was telling you about relationship was like he was really bad in bed. He did this. His his stuff. His junk is ugly. This and that. And he's like, hold on a second. This person loved me. This is what my junk really looks like. This is how I'm really good in bed. These are my references for how good I am. This person's false. That's what he's doing. In, here's what I want to say before we move on. In the year 2020, post Me Too, that might be the worst analogy that anybody could have ever come ever come up with. But I hear where you're coming from. No, look you know here saying? as the. I do. I I for here's here. Let me say some things I agree with first. One. Um, I agree with you that like people going crazy and saying, who do you think you are? You put your trailer in black and white. You're, this isn't like everybody needs to calm down. The movie's yeah. happening. HBO Max is paying a ton of money. We're getting four hours of a Snyder cut. It's happening. Let the man make the trailer look as cool and pretty as he wants to make it. Like who the fuck cares? Like mm-hmm. this idea that he doesn't have the right to treat his piece of art as a piece of art is kind of stupid. Like yeah. just stop being dumb. Especially it, for people who've never created a piece of art. But yes, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, like, look. As as has been well documented on this show, not my not my jam. Snyder, right. not my Snyder's DC right. universe, not my jam. It is a lot of people's jam. Yeah. Um. And I'm obviously gonna watch the Snyder cut. I'm curious to see what it's going, what four hours of this movie is going to be. Yeah. Um. And so, a, I think people who are just getting super angry just because it's the Snyder cut mm-hmm. is kind of silly. Um. Two. My main reaction watching this trailer, uh, with with the great song, it's a really well put together trailer. My main reaction is, yeah, Zack Snyder makes a pretty fucking movie. Mm. Like, say what I will about story, say what I will that the iter- his iteration of Superman is not my iteration of Superman, and that I think he made some mistakes in making Batman the old Dark Knight and all the issues that I have with the choices he made. Yeah, it looks fucking gorgeous. Like, no one can take away from the fact that no matter how wrong-headed his creative storytelling choices might be 
in my opinion, mm-hmm. the movie's going to look, it's going to be four hours of gorgeously rendered uh, superhero effects. Like that's without a doubt. Um, as someone who didn't like Batman of Steel, didn't like Batman versus Superman and didn't like Justice League, did anything in this trailer make me go, oh, now I think I'm going to change my mind? Right. No, like given my history of Zack Snyder, I would be shocked if the four hour version of his story somehow turned me around on his storytelling abilities, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'd be a goddamn liar if I didn't say I was curious and I wasn't going to watch it. I, right. Like I've said that to you before. And I say this to everyone. I was like, if you're not a fan of BBS man of steel, you're probably not going to like this four hour film. It's right. nothing's going to change your mind in this film. Those of us that have, and Roke, I'm very, very, very curious to see, cause you were not the biggest fan of BBS, but you love yep. man of steel. I'm going to see I, I, your reaction is what I want to see, you know, and yeah, I like parts of Justice League. And I like parts of right, Justice yeah. League. There's so, stuff I mean, like, in Justice League that works. Yeah, there's stuff so, that worked. And you know, and I, I liked what we saw here in the trailer. I liked it. And a lot and, and these uh, sites that are running with this those clickbaity headlines, only four minutes of footage for 79. Uh, like we we only saw maybe 15 that, to 20 percent of what Zack Snyder shot in the actual Justice League movie. So we're getting way more than four minutes they don't uh, understand. Of, like, of new footage. The four footage. minutes you're getting, Unseen that's footage. the reshoots that they just did. Right. Four minutes right, reshoots, right. which is not, that's normal on a film. They yeah. go reshoot for a week or two, a couple minutes of film. It's transitions and scenes. He already has, yeah. what do you say, two and a half hours of film you haven't seen yet? That no. was his cut that was most of the so money. Like, most of the money. Most of the money probably went to rendering and fully yeah. you know either either rendering and doing the special effects for the stuff that was shot that they never fully went in and did the effects on or redoing things like it, it, it's really funny because i have never cared to see the snyder cut i was mm-hmm. never like right. this is and i didn't but the fact like and we said this when it was announced it totally makes sense for hbo max like mm-hmm. this is going to be something yeah, yeah. This like and I don't know that going to theaters right now. That's this yeah, is this I, is a happy accident for them. I don't I don't think that HBO Max has had an original release thus far mm-hmm. uh, that will be on the level of the Snyder Cut. So from a business no. standpoint, it a thousand makes sense percent makes sense. And anybody complaining about the money put into it, like HBO Max is going to get that back a thousand fold given subscriptions. Like from a oh, business yeah. standpoint, it makes sense. Uh, from a creative standpoint for HBO Max to kind of like have that DC audience and get them in there and then try and keep them with all the other DC stuff that they've got on there. Like it all, it all, I have no, uh, I have, I have no belief that I'm going to think this is a good movie, but there's no way in the world that all of these choices are not smart, good choice from a business standpoint for Warner Brothers and HBO Max. You see the whole thing is like the people and the same people all the time. It's like, oh, I thought only it was going to cost 30 million. Now it's 70 million. Oh, bullshit. That film never was supposed to be made and wasn't ready. What are you spending the yeah. $40 million for? It's like yet another bullet that comes out that they got in their gun and they're like, see, I told you. I told you, you it uh, sucks. I just you don't sure, understand that. You sure you don't want to go into voiceover there, buddy? You got, you got a real uh, – real... I got a whole demo ready for you. When you tell people something like – you tell people, you know what, don't watch it. There's nothing that sets them off. I'll watch it. Don't you tell me what not to do. Well, that's my right to watch it. I'm like, right. okay, go ahead. Then put yourself through four hours of crap that right. you don't think you're going to be crap. And why you, Why you do that? Life's too short. Why are you going to watch a movie you don't, you're don't? you constantly yeah. hating on? Why? I don't. I, I'm not going to do it. I saw one of our friends comment mean? comment back at you about, well, shouldn't people who don't like who aren't fans no. of this, shouldn't they watch it? And I get, and I, I and I almost responded, but I thought I'd save it for the show. And it's yeah, absolutely. You should watch it. You should respond to it. 
if you're pulling out your biggest knife and your snarkiest take and your shittiest approach to it, then no, you shouldn't. Because yeah. then you're making it about you and not about the thing you're criticizing. You're trying yeah, to purposely work something out you got going on inside of yourself on that movie. And the movie is just as it is. Take it as, as it is and review it as it is in the parameter and the context with which it's intended. But if you go too That's far, or you 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 know you go at it with such vitriol, you've got to explain why you're angry. What is it that makes you so angry about this particular? Well, approach? that's what it is. It's 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 the attacks on Snyder. Like it's yeah. weird. It's not. It's this the weird attack. And I don't know if it's because of this film and the history it is, and because there were the 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 hashtag Snyder cut when it started a couple of years ago. There were some right. really deep people that were really mean in there. That yes. if you said anything I, against Snyder, they would they would come at you full bore, mm-hmm. and it was bad. It was a bad side of I, fandom as well. But but now it's all these yeah, people I, with like these like all oh, the Steppenwolf look like shit before, and it looks like shit now. It's just mm-hmm. like, well, this is his design. What he designed from the beginning, guys. It's like, yeah, I don't well, know what to say to it. But also to be fair, like. You know, I don't think the Steppenwolf design was good before. I don't think the Steppenwolf design is good now. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there's like there's two different things we're talking about here. And one is, I think people saying they watch this trailer and they want to go on Twitter and say they don't like what Zack Snyder has done with the DC heroes and they think that he's fucked up the DC universe and the fact that he's going to get to tell this whole thing like DC needs to move on from all of this because he has taken their top tier heroes and with the exception of Wonder Woman, which is more due to Patty Jenkins than Zack Snyder, although Mm. he did have a hand in her casting and was an EP on it, um, he has not sent the DC universe down a good road and I think people are within their right to have an opinion and be upset about that. I think that is I think that's fair game. So I think that on on the one hand, the people coming out and just attacking the trailer and going crazy just just because it exists is kind of silly. Right. On the other hand, there's a lot of people that can come out. It's Twitter. Come and say that you don't like something. I will say having been the recipient of making a snarky Zack Snyder comment once on Twitter and having <laughs> to shut my Twitter down for like 5 days because I got attacked by the Snyder fans, like they're the, expressing their the, the, the Snyder, the Snyder defenders are a little extreme as well. So I think well, that I, this is clearly disagree. a hot button issue. It's a right. hot button issue on both sides. But you, but also you got to affect. I'd like to put this in context, and I hear what you're saying, Mike. Certainly, there are a minority of these Snyder fans that can get quite vitriolic on Twitter. That's in anything Star Wars, any kind of franchise, sure. you'll find that. So, but I think what 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 what, what you know, Star Wars, Wars fans? A minority? A minority? Oh, you, a minority? You, you would say oh, there's more oh. in Star Wars fans? You'd say there's a majority are toxic? Is that what you're saying? No, I, I mean, look, I think Star Wars fans is a whole other conversation for another day. <laughs> but I think there. that, I, I don't think that I, I think that I would say that, I, I, I can't say that it's a majority. I don't know the percentage of Twitter that is a fan of right. BVA right. and the Snyder universe. But I would say that BBS. it, eh, that one. Um, <laughs> that that's the one. That's the chap. Uh, I would say that uh, the general um, personality profile that one associates mm. with the hardcore Zack Snyder fans, the majority view is that they are a bit aggressive mm-hmm. and a bit okay. mean and come after you a bit harshly. And look, I, Kalinowski is someone who. I think a ton of your followers are Snyder fans. I'm not saying it's all of them, and you are probably in my life 
the biggest Snyder fan that I know personally, and I think you're delightful. And I love to debate with you about this because we both respect each other's opinions. So I'm not saying by any stretch that anyone who likes the Zack Snyder films is like a Snyder bro and an asshole. I will say that there does tend to be a lot of them, and they're the general... Um, way that people view that group is pretty aggressive, I would just say. Right. But the context, you got to put it in context that when they started asking for the Snyder Cut, a lot of pundits came after them and ridiculed them, made fun of them, attacked them as sitting in their mom's basements, you know, attacked their acne, their weight, attacked their looks, attacked all this stuff. So they felt attacked first, then fought back. And so now the pundits, the same ones who kind of incurred this wrath, uh, not all of them, right? I want to make it clear. Not everyone incurred this wrath, but the ones that did have made it bad for the other pundits because these people now are trigger yeah. happy with their reactions. So I think it's a chicken and the egg situation, uh, depending on what perspective yeah. you have, which came first, you know? It, yeah. it is. I mean, like, you know, I mean, we've had, uh, it, it is clear that like when it comes to the representations of kind of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, particularly, but all of the DC heroes, uh, Twitter has some very strong opinions on both sides. Yeah, uh, sure. and I think, I, like, like I think the sure. big, the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I take away from this, and obviously the three of us have talked about these movies a ton, along yes. with Shannon, is that I actually like that I live in a world where I cannot like any of these movies, and I can still love DC, and yeah. you two yeah. can love these movies and love DC, yeah. and it's like that's fine. <laughs> That's what you want in life. Like, there are so many versions of Superman and Batman out there, yeah. and now we have a great version of Wonder Woman, and we're going to get Wonder Girl, and we've got the Arrowverse over here with Berlanti, and we've got all the great animated versions, and, like, there's just so much good out there that whenever one comic creator or one director or one goes, this is my version of it, I think they're all, it's within everyone's right to critique because that's how we make better versions of it. So when we get a version of a superhero story that one of us thinks is not good, we should express our opinions and we should express why we think it's not good. Mm -hmm. um, but we shouldn't like start screaming at each other about being fat or living in a basement or people living rent free in your head. Like those are, it's like, let's just take a step back. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. And one last thing. Also, before. this movie's going to be fucking garbage. Oh, there it is. You know what? I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Now you're but make now sure you, but you don't have a patron. You're not having people support your Patreon and <laughs> watch you do a watch along of it. You know, so there's that. By the way, although I will say, the four of us, when Shannon's back, yeah. doing a watch along when these things come out might not be a bad, not a bad idea. idea. Yeah. Well, be awesome. Are you kidding me? Tell you what, we'll you split it between be my Patreon and Kalinowski's page. We'll split it up between them. You can't right. listen to it, though. You have to watch it so you can see how far my eyes roll watch. back into my head while I'm watching. <laughs> and me going like this to you. <laughs> I don't know how many times we'll tell each other. Just, just shut up. Shut up a second. Um, uh, all right. Anyway, uh, the, one last thing before we leave the world of DC and jump into our main topic real quick. Um, there were rumors that came out that WB, and we've known this for a little bit, Mike, uh, through some of the connections we have, that WB has been considering dropping Wonder Woman in streaming. The new news yeah, is now yeah. that they would drop it still in December in the theaters and that almost a week or two later, drop it for streaming at HBO Max. What do you guys think is the possibility of that actually happening uh, real quick? I think high. Okay. I don't you want think high. that particular thing happening or going to streaming? I think that particular thing happening, okay. I, um, there are a lot of places right now for the moment where movie theaters are still open. Yes. I think, I think that the theater chains desperately movie. want yeah. a giant tentpole movie. Like, uh, you know, no one is going to rush to theaters for, um, 
the Kevin Costner, Diane Lane, Let Him Go fit picture or Croods 2. But Wonder Woman, I think movie chains are desperate to see, will people actually come out for this? Like, Mm -hmm. is there a light at the end of this tunnel? And And I think that the deal might be... Let us have it for two weeks. Let us have it for a month. Like, let us yeah. have it for whatever. Let us just see who's going to come out and then let it go to streaming so that the world can see it and you get your subscribers. Like, I, I think I think that it's been so long. Like, I was actually speaking with this uh, to some friends last weekend. Like, hmm. we're also, I think a lot of movies right now are also suffering from trailer fatigue. Yeah. Like, yeah. like my excitement for Wonder Woman 84 when DC Fandom released the new trailer mm-hmm. was high. I've now seen that trailer 95 bajillion times <laughs> and I'm just less excited. Not because I think like, like I'm still, I, I still am ex- I'm stoked for the movie. I'm, I'm intrigued. I want to see how it goes. But when you see a trailer 15, 16, 20 times and you're sort of still teased on when you're going to get it, you just start to lose interest and get bored. So I think they're kind of reaching that point where it's like, we just got to get this thing out. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. Uh, uh, Mike? I'm, I'm completely opposite side. I, I okay. think, this country is on a preface, uh, the preface, preface, is that what the word? Precipice. Precipice. Of this virus. People are, you know, we're locking down again. California's going to lock yep. down again. New York's already locking down. California, New York yep. are the two biggest box office, whatever you want to say, all over the world, all over the country. I know that, but it's California, New York. That's why Tenet yep. didn't do what it did because they couldn't get New York and California. Um, I think one of the people will be there for when the theaters come back. Um, this is a film to be seen in theaters. No one's talking like Black Widow. You know mm. that's already been delayed. No Time to Die, biggest Bond fan in the world, I am, and I don't want to see it on streaming. I think Black. I think No Time to Die. There was that talk where they're going to do it, and I think Apple is offering six hundred million to MGM yeah. to, to buy it, and yeah, yeah. and uh, MGM was like, nope. We yeah, they offered us. We're not doing it. This Bond's going to be seen in theaters when it's the right time. Right. Scarlett Johansson come out saying, we want you to see this film. We want it to be seen and enjoyed in a theater the right time. Yeah. You know, that's the way it goes. This movie's not going to make money if you do that. It, it, it's not going to make a lot of film of money in theaters. I don't think it is. And around the holidays, you don't need people cramming in theaters right now. You I don't. You don't. WB, WB's got to think about this country and about smart. And, like, you can't, yeah. you know, people are like, cancel Christmas, cancel Thanksgiving. It sucks. What are you doing? It's like, yeah, well, we're not going to have a Thanksgiving Christmas next year if you do this. Don't do this. Yeah. Let's yeah. suck it up for one year for this one time. Get us through this, and two vaccines on the way, we can do this. Just yeah. hold on. I think man. hold off. I, I think I agree. I, I agree with all of that. I mm-hmm. think the issue is like, look. I think what Disney and Marvel did with Black Widow was smart, which was they jumped a year, which sucked for everybody, but right. it puts it far enough outside of this question zone that it's like, yeah. once you get over the disappointment of we're not getting it until next summer. You go, okay, well, like, I, like that's a pretty much a guarantee. Like, like, yeah. like it's, it's pretty yeah. safe to say, well, yeah, knock on wood. But, like, you with the vaccine what, coming, yeah. with everything going, you never yeah. know. But, it's like, it, it seems like the, the surest bet is by next summer we should at least be able to, like, go to a movie theater, even if it's still sort of limited capacity or something. Yeah. Right. I think what you Warner Brothers go. did, I think, yeah. But I think what Warner Brothers did with Wonder Woman, and I think why they're probably going to just decide ultimately whether they skip the theater thing entirely or whatever is just to get it out is that it's living in that, oh, well, it's going to be the end of the summer. Well, it's going right. to be in the fall. Oh, it's going to be here. And you like it's like, yeah. When, and they when, keep hedging it. The and I, yeah. I think I think they can just they can interest is waning. 
Yeah. Like, like my interest yeah. isn't waning in Black Widow because I've accepted that I have to wait. So I sort of, it's, it's sort of like out of sight, out of mind. Right. But Wonder Woman, right. I'm like, well, am I getting it? Am I not? Just fucking tell me at this point. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's a fair point. I think Keep they just the need, need to go. We're coming out next year. It's 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 yeah. the right decision to do. Yeah, you're smart. I mean, uh, Bond did that finally. Like, nope, we're coming out a year after our original release date, yeah. April yeah. 2021, and we're like, okay, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I get you, man. I get it. I think what you said, Mike uh, Kalinowski, is a great point. Is when you said, uh, you know, we don't need people congregating in theaters over Christmas. We don't need that temptation nope. there. This is one of the reasons why they're putting all these lockdown measures into effect the week before Thanksgiving because they don't want people getting together in Thanksgiving and super spreading yeah. this shit all over the place. We're already seeing so many stories about weddings so where to... people go to these things and they start to spread their thing down to other people. So it happens. Yeah. You don't want that happening for him. And that's a bad I'm, look for WB because already Nolan right. took a hit look, with Nolan WB whole, for Tenet. Oh, man. And so what now you had to do with that. Right. Oh, but then goodness. again, you've got WB again trying to push people to go into a theater for a movie and tempt them with a movie. So again, it looks bad on WB to do it twice in one uh, year during a pandemic. So it's a bad uh, look overall. Uh, and I'm with you, Vogel. Just kick it down the road. Give us enough time to forget about it. And when it comes up again, we'll be happy because it'll remind us that we're back to normal and we can enjoy yeah. a film yeah. again and safely in the theater. So I don't know. Uh, all right. Let's It'll take a little bit of a mini break. Right. Exactly. Let's take a little bit of a mini break and then we'll jump into a quick discussion as we're running almost out of time in the show about Transformers. We'll be right back. Let's move into this story real quick. This is our main topic. Uh, and of course, it seemed like we the Justice League thing became our main topic. But like, wow. Uh, or, or Shocker. <laughs> organically shocker let's move into transformers it was announced this is from deadline that stephen cable jr who some of you may remember directed creed 2 most recently yeah. uh has been tapped uh to direct the next installment uh, of the transformers series here for paramount studios and hasbro um and a lot of people are talking about whether this is going to go the bumblebee route like stephen tonight did or if it's going to go back having a little more of the Michael Bay vibe to it. Certainly at the end of Bumblebee, Michael Bay's Camaro or Bumblebee version showed up. So uh, right alongside Optimus. So what are we getting? So it prompted the idea of, well, let's have an overall conversation about, A, do we like the idea that Stephen Cable is tapped? And B, what do we think Paramount needs to do and Hasbro needs to do to resuscitate or bring back a more positive feeling about these films overall from Transformers. Mikey, please. Um, well, I I actually am super excited about this news. Yeah. I, uh, as someone who sat in Hasbro boardrooms for several years and said, oh, we I should not that. have Michael Bay. Did you? You, uh, you sat in boardrooms with Michael yeah. Bay and Hasbro? I no, never, never, never sat in a room with Michael Bay, which probably was... <laughs> For the best for my career, but I'm uh, waiting but, for your tell-all book on Hasbro. That's what I'm yeah. waiting on. Yeah, me too, the girl. Yeah, I, want I think I think out. I think Hasbro's I think Hasbro's lawyers are waiting too. <laughs> just waiting for it to come out but no like i was i mean for those that don't know i mean i worked at hasbro as an executive uh on the tv animation side for several years and i was actually lucky enough to do a ton of transformers i was the uh i was the development executive who covered transformers prime i was i covered transformers rescue bots and i covered transformers robots in disguise uh which was sort of a a, a soft follow-up to the transformers prime uh continuity um so i've i've sat with the transform transformers brand team i've sat with the heads of hasbro in transformers meetings i've had more meetings about optimus prime bumblebee megatron and starscream than uh than, than i would care to count mm -hmm. um and i worked at hasbro while a lot of these movies were coming out now i actually for the most part i'm a pretty big fan of the first transformers movie and i think most people are i think it kind of suffers from 
some of the typical things that a Michael Bay movie suffers from. Mm. Uh, but I think that the story that Kurtzman and Orsi wrote was pretty strong. Uh, I think that I felt good about it. You still kind of got into... Once you got past Optimus, Bumblebee, and Megatron, like the Transformers started to look a little bit similar to each other. Uh, maybe it was a little more violent. Uh, it kind of got a little bit overstuffed by the end, but like it was a solid Transformers movie, and seeing the Transformers come to life was huge. Um, but from uh, from Transformers Two, uh, Age of the Fallen, is it Age of the Fallen? Revenge yeah. of the Fallen. Revenge, Revenge of the Fallen. Fallen. Uh, from Transformers Two on, I mean, things just got ridiculous and i know that johnny's a big fan of the transformers franchise uh from the visuals and from just seeing these things on screen but i can say from being inside hasbro yeah there was definitely a feeling not just from me but from other hasbro people that like hasbro had kind of lost control of transformers to bay like he Mm -hmm. kind of did the movies he wanted to do uh and you know it, it it kind of lost for a lot of people, the magic of what Transformers was and just became an excuse for Michael Bay to like have giant robots that you couldn't tell which was which uh, in a giant movie where things ceased to make sense. And every time they tried to do it, whether it was Dark of the Moon or Age of Extinction, like it just it just kept getting bigger and bigger and more bloated and more ridiculous and leading to the point where things happened where uh, I think it was... Um, I think it was uh, Age of Extinction, where you kind of ended up with just Optimus Prime just kind of like killing people and being this brutal guy where like a lot of people were like, this isn't even Optimus Prime. So that is a long way of saying that uh, as someone who has very much not been a fan of the Transformers feature franchise for a very long time, but who is a fan of Transformers and who got to work on Transformers, I think this is a huge opportunity to actually turn Transformers into the mega brand and the massive franchise that it always should have been and wasn't. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um, hmm. I, here's what I'll say. I love the idea that Stephen Capel is coming on to this. I enjoyed Creed 2. Um, it holds up to multiple rewatches is what I'll say. Uh, and I like that he approaches things from, like most good independent filmmakers do, the story is more important and we branch out from there. You know, And stepping into what Ryan Coogler had done, revitalizing the Rocky franchise and having the pressure of not only following in the footsteps of what Coogler just did, a, a w- w- you know, having directed an Oscar nominated film in, in Black Panther, but also trying to figure out how to carry on the Rocky legacy with Stallone and gently move him to the side while making it really about Adonis and his story, Michael B. Jordan. That was a very difficult tightrope to walk, and I think he nailed it. So now you hand him a property like this, also a big franchise, Rocky Creed, big franchise, Transformers, you could argue, a little bit of a bigger franchise, and ask him to do something like what Stephen DeKnight did, but also maybe explore having a little more action, a little more of these, uh, a little more of the transforming, a little more of these battles. I wonder how he's going to approach it, but I know I have confidence that the story will be first, and from there, everything will stem out. Uh, Mm -hmm. hopefully so for me i like that approach now yes i hear all the people who had issues with the michael bay transformers those are just fun throwaway films to enjoy i love them for that you know these people who collect every adam sandler film all of a sudden want to criticize transformers films qualities but all right that's that's fine you can do your thing but in my opinion i enjoy for what they are and they're fun throwaway films remember it's about talking cars i know mike likes to disagree with me on that and if you go back and watch some of those old transformers cartoons episodes not great scripts. All right, let's put it out there. So these people have a nostalgia uh, for it, and I respect that they want it to be treated well. So now we go with this. Stephen Capel, another next step, like Stephen and I, stepping in and doing his thing. So I think this is how you bring interest back. But don't 
be deluded that you're going to be making the money you made with Michael Bay. Michael Bay is a money maker. That's what he does most of all. And so at the end of the day, I don't think we, I think the expectations have to be turned off a little bit or turned down a little bit from what we had before. And if Paramount is okay with that and the fans are okay with that, then we've got a new normal with which to judge the Transformers franchise. That's my opinion on that. Uh, yeah, my two cents. Um, it's going to be interesting because is this a continuation of Bumblebee? Because we had five films and then Bumblebee. Right. And Bumblebee right. was a solid film. Yes. Uh, I think John Cena didn't know what film he was in. I think he thought he was in the Michael Bay film. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But everything else with such human <laughs> elements to it, the beginning two minutes in Cybertron, like that's what we wanted from the beginning. But fans just didn't turn out anymore. Audiences didn't turn out because we got five films of or four films, let's say, of, of what they were against. So now we're going forward. And I look use this as a good analogy with what they're doing with G.I. Joe. I'm a mm-hmm. huge fan of the first two films. You didn't like the cartoon. People are like they love the cartoon, but they didn't like this film. Like you didn't watch the cartoons, you know. Yeah. Um, but now GI Joe is taking a step. Uh, disagree on that, but let's let's stick it. Device, weather Dominator, and you use nanites in the films. Same, pretty much thing. It's there. let's anyway. let's stick to uh, let's stick to Transformers Hold so on. we stay I'm on target here. here. With GI Joe, what they're doing is they're taking a take a couple steps back and they're doing Snake Eyes and they're just focusing mm-hmm. on him and they're building the brand of GI Joe in this film. But they only had two films that were kind of you know with fandom. Now we're dealing with Transformers, essentially six films four of which people didn't like. You're coming off of Bumblebee. I don't know if you get people back. If this is, you've got to tell us this is a continuation of Bumblebee or we're starting all over again. Yeah. I don't know. And they haven't said what they're doing, have they? Well, they've is called it, it they, they've said that it's a reimagined yeah. uh, universe. Uh, so that include Bumblebee. Well, that is, I mean, it's, it, they're, they're definitely saying it is, uh, they're not saying full reboot. Right, um, revamp. So we yeah. don't know what we're doing right now. It's like they chose to revamp, but they did get two different scripts. Uh, yeah. I'll, it'll be curious to see. Like, I, 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 I think there's. Look, we live in a world where, as we've talked about with DC, I mean, they're going to try and use Flashpoint to try and like revamp and not revamp. They're going to try and keep what they like and get rid of what they want. Like, there's there's a lot of ways to. But look in that cat, but. But look what you're saying, how excited people got with Keaton coming on board and then Affleck coming back. That got people back into this Flash film. We're like, oh, okay, I'm on board. Yeah. Transformers, well, no, and I- you got – it's a weird because uh, the fact the three of us don't even know. We're like, what, is it Bumblebee still? Is it going to do with Bumblebee? What Bumblebee did? Is it part of that universe? What are we doing with it? It's like, I would imagine uh, – I would imagine that there's not – look, there's not a lot of continuity that's super necessary if they want to keep the same look – of the Transformers, then they will. And then that will sort of visually lend itself right. to being, this yeah. is a bit of continuity. Yeah. But um, I think that they're going to try and solve all the problems like that they know people, fans have. Like not it all fans, but like... But like did that, Bumblebee try and do that? Bumblebee did to a small degree. And I think that, and I agree with you that I think Bumblebee was a really strong movie. People it's didn't come out film. to see it. Yeah, um, But it's a solid, movie. it's a solid story. It's a solid film. I think they're trying to... Uh, win back the fans that they lost. Because where I, where I will disagree with Johnny on two points is, one, um, look, we live in the age of revamps and reboots. Like, right. to say that because the 80s car- cartoon was cheesy that we shouldn't be excited about talking cars, like, we have built an entire culture out of taking things that were cheesy back in the day and doing higher-end versions of that, whether it be the She-Ra reboot on Netflix, the Voltron reboot on Netflix, like all of the various reboots that we are in the process of getting right now. So when you had something that was one of the top toy brands, one of the top television series for kids 
in the 80s, yeah. even though, yeah, the scripts were cheesy, the animation wasn't as great as we remember it being, just like all of the things we watched, there right. was definitely that's not something... Bashing it. That's not no, me bashing No, 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 no. But I'm saying, like, there's definitely a magic there. And from more right. of a business, Absolutely. from a business standpoint, there's, there's people that loved it, and there's money to be made. Yeah. And yeah. the problem with the Bay Transformers movies, I do agree that with John that I think we're not going to... You need to... Paramount and Hasbro need to sort of settle their expectations. You're not going to have some brand new revamp of Transformers come out and all of a sudden be making Michael Bay money. Right. Like, it's just not going to happen. So you just need to accept the fact that that's not going to be the case. But, and again, having been at Hasbro and knowing this, um, one of the issues with the Michael Bay movies was, as much as the movie box office was huge... Mm-hmm. Two things really hurt it from when you think of like the longevity of brand. One, kids could not distinguish once you got past Optimus Prime and Bumblebee, they couldn't tell you who any characters were. So the kids that are running around today that can tell you every single Avenger and what their powers are and what they do and know the differences between all four Ninja Turtles and know who Spider-Man is and know who Miles Morales is and like know every detail of these characters. When it came to Transformers, they were like, that's Optimus Prime, that's Bumblebee, and that was it. And that led to the second issue, which is those Michael Bay movies did not sell toys. Um, so oh, like when you have a I brand, did not know that. Okay. Yeah, so when you have a brand on the level of Transformers, and yes, the movies are making bajillions of dollars, right. but you have this brand that has the power to be as strong and popular and beloved as the Potters, the MCUs, the DCUs, whatever, and it's not reaching that potential, that's the issue. So I think I that's think what they're going to try and solve for in this new sort of revamping of the franchise. And the problem is with the design of his toy, of his characters, Bay, with those... you million different parts i remember the toys they didn't transform you had right. the robot yeah. and then you had the vehicle it's like oh yeah. you can't transform it because the way it looks it doesn't transform it that's fundamentally a problem i mean they had both you're always going to have transformers that transform but yes you are correct that the style of the those characters made them very challenging to turn into toys that's yeah. one of the that's one of the things that you have to look because of it because uh, michael bay was so anal about how each of those transformers looked ironically because he wanted to see like every single uh, movement as it transformed and i think if i remember on some of the uh, the backs uh, behind the scenes stuff like some of those transformers had 270 to 600 different moves specifically within their frame that they would do to transform into the overall thing so putting that into a toy is almost impossible so that's the kind of you know the balance you have to do but if it's not selling toys you guys know as as people who know animation mike you obviously an executive you know if stuff ain't selling toys they'll pull the plug on that quick uh but you know he was making enough money wise on the movie side to stay alive but now you wonder if they'll if this revamp will essentially mean that they can reboot this whole thing and make some money off the toys as well as the movies yeah what i hope what i hope they really do and I know they know this. I mean, I've been in meetings where they talk about it. So I yeah. hope it comes out in this new script and I hope it comes out in this new story is uh, as cheesy as it is, which Johnny's correct, there is a core mythology to Transformers that the people that love Transformers love. Yep. There mm-hmm. is this battle on Cybertron. There is this ideological battle between the Autobots and the Decepticons. There is this idea that Optimus Prime and Megatron at one point were basically like brothers, yeah. like, right. like had had similar yeah. views about what needed to happen on Cybertron. And then there was a schism between them where they split off. 
Uh, and there's this idea of Optimus Prime as he is a soldier, he is a general, he is a leader, but he also is a peacekeeper. He, like, he doesn't want to fight. He wants to find peace. And then there's this idea of them leaving Cybertron because it's so war-torn, coming to Earth, this battle continuing here. Like There's been so much that's been done in the series, uh, the ones I've worked on and a lot of ones I haven't worked on, where they've really tried to flesh this out. And you have this wide bench of characters on both the Autobot side and the Decepticon side that never really got their due. I mean, Mm -hmm. on the Decepticon side, in the movies, like Starscream and Soundwave got a little bit of action, but not to the degree that they could. There's so much there, and you didn't even fully... You got, like, Shockwave. Like, there's so many great characters. And on the Autobot side, um, you know, from RC to Ironhide to Bulkhead to Ratchet Mm. to all of these characters, like, there's so many great characters that are so different and so varied and there's so much that you can do that we never that as as stuffed full as the michael bay movies were the characters of the transformers never got to take center stage and i think if they let those characters take center stage and get back to that magic of a little kid uh you know meeting this giant robot that can turn into these cars like they can if they can capture that magic again they are far enough away from the bay movies that they could get a whole new generation of kids that think uh transforming cars and planes are the coolest thing in the world if they play their cards right yeah yeah absolutely I look forward to it. I hope they do. Because even if I like the movies now, I want people to overall enjoy them. And it's clearly, it's been my experience that a lot of people I know don't, you know, and, uh, and, and these pundits and critics pull out their snarky takes for a Michael Bay's <laughs> Transformers movies as well, who've never created anything in their lives, pull out their snarky takes to go after those movies as well. So I, I would like it that we all got on board and yeah. enjoyed this franchise. Yeah. So ultimately, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, in that place. All right. Anyway, that's uh, that's our uh, Geek Buddies episode for today. Uh, thank you so much to Mike Kalinowski for stepping my in. Pleasure, for our John, my pleasure, John. My pleasure. Thanks for coming. Mike, where can they find you and everything you got going on, my friend? Yeah, you can find me at Mike Kalinowski on Twitter, Instagram. I'm doing a Mandalorian review show on the SDN Network. Uh, We do the 9.30 Friday mornings, hot and fresh, coming in spoiler take for you guys on The Mandalorian (laughs) every Friday. That's the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. At the Mandalorian. <laughs> um, and uh, Mikey, where can they find you? Since we don't have Shannon um, to do our, our stuff. My God, yeah. Oh, God. Do I, I'm not going to do the Geek Buddies stuff. I'll I can't do it. Do it. Do um, it. <laughs> you can find me at MKToon on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, Johnny will tell you where to follow us as far as the Geek Buddies goes. <laughs> we're, like, we're, we're like useless without Shannon here. <laughs> Look, I see that. Jesus. He's our guy. Uh, yeah, if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at the underscore geek underscore buddies or on Twitter, you can follow us at geek underscore buddies there. Go and give us a follow. Mike and Shannon are really great at putting up uh, uh, material and stuff for you all to enjoy uh, daily uh, from both of those accounts. So don't uh, don't uh, not follow us. Definitely follow us there. You can follow me at the Rogue says on Twitter and on Instagram. Please subscribe to the channel down below. Leave a like, leave a comment. All of that elevates the visibility of the show. And if you're listening to us on the podcast stream, give it a review and give it a like. And most of all, more than anything else, share the video, share the podcast with everybody you know who talks geeky stuff with you so they can come aboard the Geek Buddies train and build out our um, our crew of people I mean, more and more. So there you go. I, was, I mean, I was here. I could have done my part, but apparently. <laughs> well, you threw it to me. I'm sorry. I, thought I didn't that. let you yeah. do the Shannon part. And then oh, I had a yeah. whole bit. I had a whole bit about being more than meets the eye, and that's why you should follow us, but I didn't get to do it oh, because you, know you took my part too. <laughs> it's fine. Go ahead. It's Go fine. Ahead. No. Go. You know what? Do what you want to do. It's oh, the Wild West. Go tweet somebody about the Snyder Cut. I don't care. 
Uh, all right, you can revamp it, Stephen Capel. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, thanks everybody for watching this week, and we'll see you next week with another brand new episode of the Geek Buddies. <laughs> hey! hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.